Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform. With AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Green, your podcast for how to grow in counterintuitive ways. I am your host, Kit Bodner. I am joined by my friend, my colleague, my conspirator in growth, Kieran Flanagan. What is up, dude? What is up? All right. For today's show, we are talking about how to spend your budget better. People waste money out there and everybody's looking to grow. Today, we're talking about what we would do, Kieran and I, if we were running marketing and we were in charge of growth for a B2B software company that had $10 million in revenue. We are going to go through how you can actually do marketing across a range of different budgets. So we're going to actually talk to you about how you can do marketing, growth, grow your business for $1,000 in budget, which is not very much, $10,000, $100,000, and $1 million. I want to quickly pause and say, I had a really good back and forth, actually, um, two guys who have a podcast, I think it's <laughs> Grow Convert or something like that, Devish and Benji. Oh, those guys totally disagree with all of their shit. I see their stuff on Twitter all the time, and it's totally wrong. Let's pick a beef. Yeah, it's all wrong. No, it is. They're the, I'm pretty okay. sure they're the people that talk about writing high-performing blog posts that reach 10 people and like talking about the conversion rate of your blog post versus the distribution of your blog post. Get the hell out of here, guys. One of the things I just want to explain to people, because I think sometimes you can look at HubSpot. I'm not just saying this from through the lens of HubSpot. We, we advise, talk to lots of companies, startups in this space, but let's go through the lens of HubSpot. One of the things you can mistake in HubSpot is look at how things are today. Wow, everywhere I go, I find HubSpot on Google and think that what we did in the early days was just like search, right? SEO optimization. I can tell you HubSpot did not actually invest anything into SEO until like year five or six because I actually had the first SEO hire on my team. HubSpot in the early days built an audience. They did not try to monetize no, get out of here. high converting keywords. They just did not do that. And the argument I was having on LinkedIn with these guys is if you are going to be the brand and all you do in the early days is try to compete with the other brands and the high converting keywords, I am not going to invest in those because they're all going to be very similar. Preach. So the content HubSpot did back then as table stakes today was very new back then, like the educational content, the kind of media type content. Hold on. I want to talk real quick about something there. One of those, one of the things is that people need to understand in the early days of HubSpot, we had one simple mantra. What were we going to do to win the marketing internet that week? How are we going to blow up the internet? That's what we were trying to do. How do we be the thing that everybody talked about because we were marketing to marketers and that's what we wanted to do. Exactly. And so do not limit yourself. So it's good to have like a little bit of high conversion and care about that stuff. But honestly, if that's what you do in the initial years, just compete and that kind of stuff. You're not going to be that successful. So I like the back and forth, Devish and Benji. We disagree. Feel free to react and come back at us on your podcast. We totally disagree. All right. Getting into budgets. I think you're going to hate the first two that I have. And oh, no, not the first two. I think you're going to hate my $10,000 budget. <laughs> yeah. You might like the others, but you want me to start with $1,000. What am I going to do? $1,000? Yeah. What are you going to do with $1,000? $1,000. All right. $1,000. All right. What do I need to do if I have $1,000? Not much. I actually have to do most of the work myself. What do I need to really excel at that stage? I need to excel at getting you to care about me. 
why should you care about my product? Why should you care about my company? Why should you care about my point of view? To do that, I even need to be able to write. That is the way that we reach and build brands today. That is the reason you see all of mm -hmm. these creators in B2C saying that brands, traditional brands, dead in 30 years. Why? Because individual creators can create much bigger and larger audiences. How can they do that? Because they are really great at creating content. So what I would do to do those things is I would educate myself and lean on AI. So I would get a subscription to a company called TribeScaler, very cool company, actually helps you to write Twitter. You know the first tweet within a Twitter thread, which is called your hook. It actually helps you to really perfect that hook so you can get people reading the rest of your content. I would buy a subscription to Runway. Runway is this AI tool that allows me to easily create video because I'm gonna have to do that myself. Yep. Video, written text, that's what I wanna do in those early days. I would take a copywriting course, shout out to maybe like brands like Ship 30 for 30, but there's a good number of great courses out there. And then I would do a little like course on how to really perfect video, short form video, and how to really make an impact with those short form videos. And I would get to work. I would do the work as Jason Calacanacus. Oh yeah, Jason Calacanus. Yeah. Do the work. Do the work. No, here you go. So you're spending your thousand bucks on software and education. Is that to grow yes, at that stage? Is that right? Yes. Is that the right summation? It is. For me to be able to do the work okay. to grow. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. I think when you're really early on and you don't have a lot of budget, you need to be a part of somebody else's distribution and influence anytime you can. And so I want to tell a story about this, and then I want to give some other commentary here. I want to tell you about the best marketing strategy I've ever seen for less than $5. I was at South by Southwest in 2009, and I saw Dennis Crowley, who was the CEO of the time and co-founder of Foursquare, which is a location-based social networking app. He was out in front of the convention center, and what he had done is he had bought a box of sidewalk chalk for like less than five bucks, and he had, and he had drawn a Foursquare court on the sidewalk and yeah. was playing the game Foursquare with people, and they were like signing people up to the app as they were in line and everything. It was totally genius. And there was like hundreds of people in line to play this game because it was fun, it was simple, there was like a founder playing. That is how you do it, everyone. You think about what is unique and different about the situation and bring value to people. It's not about the money. It is about bringing an experience to people. And when you don't have a lot of money, it's about how you deliver an experience cheaply. So I would spend my $1,000 doing that. Uh, can I give you a story that I love? Go. Very similar. So everyone knows the story about how Tinder grew in the early days. They know they went to colleges. Oh, let's go. Let's go. But actually go. what they don't know is what they really did was find the most popular student within those colleges and actually told that student, we will actually host your birthday party and pay for the full thing. But everyone who comes into your birthday party has to sign up for Tinder there and then. And so the next day, all of those people got alerts with people Tinder had matched them for. That is just an incredibly yes. creative yes. way to solve the cold start problem. Like I have no one in my app. I need to match those people together. And so the way I'm going to do that is find the most popular person whose network will be interested in it. So there's such creative things you can do at a very, very low budget. Hell yes, I love that. What I think people get uh, held up in the amount of money they have to do something. And I think the unfair advantage of having less budget is that you have freedom to do crazy things. Yeah, that's true. Normally you have less downside risk, you have less regulatory issues, you have less people telling you what you can't do. 
it's much harder when you're a scaled business to do what you just said Tinder should do or imagine the CEO of a public company out there playing games with everybody. It's, oh, it's a little bit of a stretch. There'd have to be security around. It gets trickier in that. So when you're a founder listening to this pod, think about, oh, what are the unfair advantages I have? So I would spend my $1,000 where you're going to spend on training and education on a way to do an effective stunt or program to either generate a lot of word of mouth or an initial pool of users in a market that I really care about. And so I think the Foursquare example is one way that I would do that. Should we go to the next next budget level, Karen? We, we can, but let's try to figure out who wins each round. So oh, I did, okay. Darren, what are, what are you saying? <laughs> Kip or I? I like that Tinder story. That was pretty cool. Oh, you won with the Tinder story. Ah, <laughs> damn it. All right. All right. Producer Darren weighed in. Producer Darren weighed in. And Kieran, you won round one. I'm, I'm That's jealous. T- t- all right. I don't feel good about what I'm going to say here because it's just so rudimentary, but I actually do think I would probably do this. What would I do with 10K? I would hire a small offshore team, probably in Manila, get them to build me targeted lists, enrich the data, and do outreach. <laughs> All right, so you just you're just gonna do some cold calling based on some spamless man. I went through like my different options and I read back over that. I was like, this is the one that's not very creative and Kip is gonna hate. But I'm trying to be true to what I actually would do. So that man, is what you're I making would the world a place, dude. Thanks, thanks for your work there. And I would do it legally, just legal above board. <laughs> no, no, it would be too <laughs> Okay, I would do this, but I've decided that the competition of the company is not selling to Europe. I'm market as actually. The so, US. That, so if you had ten grand, that is what you would do. You would build a team of people <laughs> in an offshore location to enrich data and help you build targeted lists for sales outreach, GDPR compliant, all those things. <laughs> okay, I see. I see how you're getting around these GDPR loopholes. Weak sauce. Wah, wah. So Kieran's building data enrichment offshore team. This is where I'm actually going. $10,000 is where I want to get in the content game. Okay. So I think once you have $10,000, you can build a legit content workflow and channel. So I would start with a YouTube show and channel. I would spend, given that you probably already have an iPhone, you can use that as your camera. So for you can buy camo for 50 bucks that'll allow you to have your iPhone as your webcam. You can have a good microphone for a couple hundred bucks. You get a few lights and basic studio set up for a few hundred dollars more. So sub a thousand dollars, you have all of your, the tech that you need there. And then the rest of the $9,000 you need to basically help pay for some ongoing video editing of your show and to do the automation of taking the audio channel of your YouTube show out and making that a podcast and doing quick editing for YouTube shorts and TikTok. But I think you can do all of that for 10 grand over the six month period of time and have it work really well and establish yourself. Again, at $10,000, you're still thinking about the idea and your creativity is still way more important than the dollars you're spending. So what the show is about, finding a topic that is going to resonate with your audience and beyond is going to be really important. But I think with that $10,000, I would set up my video and audio production flow. And then from there, it's also pretty cheap that you could do a text version of that same content as well. Yeah, it's never too early to start cast. The thing that you have to be different, like that's the thing that really matters doing that. You have to have a point of view. And actually, you have to be different. If you were going to work for a company, you would want to work for a founder who has a very strong point of view. That's the thing that would actually resonate with me is like a founder who has a differentiated point of view. Oh, uh, yeah, Darren, well, you want to just think, confirm that I lost that I round? I think Kieran's method actually might work better, but it was Ooh, suspiciously, it's getting, it's getting it, it, it was suspiciously illegal, on, no. though. Oh! 
Oh, oh no, no, you want to step up oh, to 100k Darren. because you just lost Darren that. I'm going to hot burn. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. I'm in jail, and so I cannot what? win. I legally what? cannot win anymore because I have been arrested, brought to jail. Because you're We've illegal really here, well. and I win because you're illegal in both yeah, things. My, my past shady SEO days. So that has a little, a little bit of where this thinking has come from. Okay, 100k. <laughs> We're we've made it all the way through. We've been given we've been given 100k. I am going to keep on down the road. <laughs> Did you skip a shout out to yourself? By the way, Are, can we talk about that? You just shouted out your your past self, not even yourself, your past right. self. Why does outbound suck? Why does outreach suck? <laughs> outreach sucks because you are trying to extract value from someone. What I think you can do with uh, outreach is orientated around value creation before value extraction. How do you do that? Create something of value that you want to reach out to, to someone and provide them with that. So what do I mean by that? I think build a community. <laughs> oh, no. Community. Oh, no. But actually build a small niche community. Okay, go. Oh, go. but wait. I thought you were the guy who hated community. I thought it's just trashing I, community. How is this I even, like, how is this I like even a viable answer? I like sense. I don't like the kind of jargon big company and avoid all the problems in the world. Actually, a thoughtful community business is a business I would invest in every a single day. But I think one of the things you could do is from very early days, get double value from that community. Let's say I'm selling into a certain persona. I obsess over how I can actually connect that persona to each other, make the things that they do much more valuable. So then I reach out and seed that community through like outreach, like one-to-one selling of the community and say, hey, I actually have a really great community where you can connect with like-minded folks. I know you have their problem. I've talked to enough people. These all have that problem. And within there, we're gonna help you solve that problem together. I reach out and say, you want to join my community? I let them join that community. I don't do anything about my product. I wait till they become active. And then I reach back out and say, hey, how are you actually doing? Like my product can actually solve this in a much more scalable way. And I think that is a cool way to accelerate outreach without having to kind of bombard people with the same message. Get on a demo. We can solve your problems. My product is really cool. And with 100K, I can really pay early influencers to be part of that community to make it valuable and be able to seed that community with really good people so it starts to actually grow uh, itself. Where, where, are you, where are you building this community or what are you building it on? Everybody's going to want to know. I'm building it on... not. I'm probably going to build it on Slack, not Discord for B2B. Because Discord is a nightmare. Okay, so you're going to build a Slack, a private Slack community that you're then going to use your, your previous outreach you know, playbook to reach out to as folks engage. And how and how are you activate and how are you activating them again? They actually respond or leave a message within the first week. Okay, so engage in this Slack community within the first. And week. And just so we're all clear, I think this is like a somewhat scalable thing, and then at some point become you actually your numbers become so large it doesn't actually scale and generate enough business for you to for it to be meaningful. But in that hundred k marketing budget, like what do you what are you trying to get? You're trying to get like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people in there. It just gives you a way to like reel in people to something valuable before you actually sell them on the product. This approach works well for sub a thousand people in this community. In, in this community, once you get like to a thousand people, it breaks. But your your argument is like, oh, I can get a a thousand people and I can get a hundred or two hundred of them to be customers. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I can I can buy what you're selling there. I, I can I can get on board. Let, okay, so let me let me talk to you about what I would do. For $100,000, I think there's a bunch of interesting options. And I was debating, uh, I was, my, my two ideas for a million dollars and $100,000 are, are kind of overlap. But what I would say here at $100,000 is this is where I would get really great at conversion. 
actually. Think of $100,000. I would say, hey, I've got this base kind of business that I'm running. How do I get way better at converting my leads into customers? And I would probably buy some data enrichment from a company like SimilarWeb or the like so that I could better enrich my database so I could better target my database. I would spend money on really good marketing, obviously, and I would have a full-time or part-time person really, really deeply building out automated email and probably WhatsApp or you know SMS campaigns based on the market I was serving and what channels were best to basically try to take my lead to customer conversion rate up by generating more qualified leads and really serving up better quality prospects to the sales team or to my my free product experience, whatever the business model was. But I think at $100,000, it's hard to make a big, bold distribution play. Your community play is a conversion play. I'm just advocating for a non-community conversion play. Yeah, it's a conversion play. That is focused around data, triggered messaging, and automation. And what I mean by that is, can you get enough data about the people you're reaching out to that you know what's going to be valuable for them to learn and help them solve their problems? Can you then send them relevant content. Great. Three is, can you do it at a time that matters? It's based on some type of triggered action. They're looking at your pricing page. They're engaging with your podcast, whatever that may be, like getting the behavior trigger to actually have that message come in a timely manner. If you can get that infrastructure set up, you can really make massive progress in how you convert your leads into customers. Yeah. And I actually did have, I actually had a little note. I should have said at the start, I do think the earlier you adopt yeah. whatever platform HubSpot, or I, I do agree that I think there's a huge amount of value in the combination of things like HubSpot and trying to build out a real data automation flow at that kind of 100K budget. Um, you want, Darren, Darren, oh, oh, so what do you who, who won that? Who won that? Well, I've got to say Slack communities are really hot right now. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go. Oh yes, they're hot. Look at Kieran just doing trendy things. All right. Okay, so you're winning two one. We're going into the round where we're talking about how we're going to spend one million dollars. Million. We're going to spend one million. We've got some real money. We're like, oh my. Our Doctor Evil voices come out. We're ready to spend some real cash. This is when you do start to have to think about okay, like indirect monetization. I can't really measure direct monetization. I can't measure. I'm still going to spend a lot of money in the things that I can measure on because I still think you're trying to actually build momentum for the company. The other thing I think you have to do is move from unscalable things to things that are much more scalable and find a channel where you can start to get product channel fit. Like what is the channel I'm going to continue to grow, raise my next round. So I've got my community outbound thing going. It's just working incredibly well. So the thing I'm going to do now, Kim, I know my customer really well. How do I know? Because I've got a community. I talk to them all the time. You're crushing. I ask them all the time. Like, what are other things that you use? What are other products you love? You love to use. I get someone to build me out a list of all of the products those customers use. I get them to show me all of the audience sizes. Like I look for places where I overlap with other products. I look for the size of the audience. And then I figure out how I can work and co-bundle things with those audience. So now I'm going to go to market with all of the other products that are tangential to mine that the audience love. I love that play. I love that play. I, I, I invested in, in a company recently that are doing something similar like that, a platform that helps you to actually do this. 
and go to market through tangential audiences and do really cool stuff together. And I would start to build that out in a more manual way. And then I would take a little slice of money. I would go to my little uh, Upwork or, or Fiverr, get someone to build me out a little map and show me what's the total addressable market for search, transactional search, people who are in buying mode, informational search, people who are learning mode, and start to see if that's a good channel for me and see if I want to invest there to figure out if that's a long-term scalable channel. The last thing, this is the killer one. Yep. I'm going to build out an AI media team. What do I mean by that? I mean that I'm going to build a small <laughs> team who are experts. Look at you and your geez. Dude, I'm really good with money. I've actually clearly, I put in clearly. I put it I put it into a token and I've made 5x. <laughs> no. So this small media team is not expensive, right? I have like a couple of AI tools. I have someone who's an expert within those AI tools. I give them my content and they spit me back like they spent me back the blog post. They spent me back the Twitter thread. They spent me back the video. And it's really low cost for me because all of this stuff is outsourced through a small team who are experts within these tools. And I start to really churn on that content that I started with my 1K when I learned how to do content. So that's it. My community app band is going. It's not costing me much more money. My tangential product is going, how I co-bundle. I'm tested that. And then I have my little small AI-driven team that are starting to help me accelerate my content creation. All for $999,000 and 99 I did the calculations, exactly what it adds up to. I, I think that was a pretty whack answer. It was like totally uninspired compromise of an answer. You're just like, oh, I'm going to do it's a bunch a- of stuff with my million dollars and it's going to be great. I, you have... Come on. You're going to do one thing. On. Okay, let's you're going to give me one you're going to give me one thing. You're going to give I'm me gonna, one I'm thing. I'm at million least dollars. giving you one clear thing to solve for. Okay, know? that's interesting. I didn't actually tell you what I was solving for. So here, let's let's think about the situation. We're, we're a B2B software company with 10 million dollars in revenue. We want to get to 100 million dollars in revenue. If you're going to get a hunt to 100 million dollars in revenue in a category, you got to be a key player in that category. You got to be a key disruptor, key creator of that category. You agree with that? Yes, I do agree with that. Okay, I agree with that too. So if I'm spending a million dollars, if I'm spending 10% of revenue, which is a lot of money, what I what do I have to do? I have to spend it on a bet that is going to make me win or lead the category. Like that is what I have to do. If I do that, then well, I'm I'm out of the game. And I'm just going to get middled off to the side and I'm gonna start growing slowly. And I'm going to get to like a $30 million run rate and have to sell this company. That's that's what I think is is fundamentally true. And so then you're asking, great, if you're going to invest a million dollars, how are you going to do that in a way that you win the category? And I think it's going to come. There's actually a lot of potential ways you and I could argue about the way we think is best. But I, I think what I'm doing is I'm doing a full-blown owned and unowned media strategy. I'm gonna hi- I'm gonna take a little bit of what you said. We're like I'm gonna build this media team, and I am going to own the narrative for my audience and really build and scale and have this big audience in my market. But I also need people to understand what the heck I do, and so I need some basic brand consistency, brand positioning, and I need to take that to market probably through some YouTube pre-rolls, maybe through some cheap out of home, maybe through some cheap social ads and buttress that to go and over the course of the year, really try to shift my presence and perception in that market. 
You agree or disagree with me? I Go. disagree. So let me tell you why I disagree. You are, you are trying yes. to solve for a perception problem at $10 million in ARR. I'm trying to solve for a distribution problem at $10 million in ARR. I really don't think you need to solve for a perception problem. I do think you have to build audience, build point of view, but trying to win a category at that stage of a business, I think is a real make or break. It's like, I've started to really dive back into Texas Hold'em. Oh, oh this is a poker story. You're the person that uh, goes all in. And so I'm trying to bet at each stage. And I think the one thing that I would push <laughs> back on is trying to lead a category at such an early stage can really make or break the company because you're diverting resources from what the lifeblood of the company, which is distribution. I, comple I completely, I could not disagree more with <laughs> oh, this. Okay, well... Because you if you're trying to win the category, what that should get you is very focused execution. It should be very clear of what product you're building. It should be very clear of the message that you're telling in the market. It should be very clear of your positioning and how you're differentiated. And if you follow your route... I agree with those things. If you follow your route of the co-marketing, you follow that and your little media route and all that kind of stuff, you're going to do none of that positioning, none of the differentiation, none of the co corporate strategy to actually be positioned to win the category. So cool. You've got like this predictable way to acquire customers. That's one thing. But it doesn't matter when somebody comes and disrupts you on features and product market fit and you're screwed. Well, okay, let's go back to our first principle episode and find the <laughs> things that we agree on first and then go into the things we disagree on. Because I actually do think we actually do agree on some things here. Uh, the way I said that maybe kind of bury those things. I do, I've been saying it all along. I agree that you should actually understand what category you want to lead to build awareness for the category so you can lead that category and that to me is a huge well no i'm not i'm not i'm not advocating i'm not advocating category okay. creation no right, no, no. So i'm saying you have to win your category it might be an existing category i'm not saying the whole thing i'm saying you have to separate yourself from the pack at 10 million dollars i'm saying there's going to be a bunch of also rands a lot of companies that die and you need to be to have a plan to get you to be one of the top 3 players in that category doesn't need to be a new category. It might be. Might be an existing category. Doesn't matter. But you gotta be a real player. Yeah. What do you need to do that then? You need a you need a crisp point of view. You need to have like great positioning. But what am I do you actually need to spend you said you need to spend some amount of money on social ads, like prime in the market point of view, prime in the market for that positioning? You you need you yeah, you need to distribute that point of view through owned and, and unowned media channels. How, how do you balance that with I'm your like sales counterpart? I need you to generate me like my revenue. Like, where's my revenue coming from? If you're spending the money on prime in the market for your positioning. Yeah, look, what I'm, what I'm saying is you can still do ads that are going to generate leads. Maybe the lead the lead conversion rates could be slightly lower because you're focused on this message. But you're, I think you can do both. What I'm saying is if you optimize only for volume of conversion, that you lose the market position. Right. I think there's a way to update your website and to have good creative and good positioning that can convert people. And if not more at the lead stage, more at the sales stage, because you're clear on your differentiation. Yeah. Yeah, I think I do agree. So I, I think, again, I started this back in the $1,000 budget is making sure that I had the skill set to be able to tell the market why yeah. what we does matters. Because I think that's the only thing that you really need to perfect at each stage is like continually telling the story of why we matter. The thing that's really hard for, I think what we're getting into and debating because it's so hard is when you start to have meaningful amount of budget because you, you are making meaningful decisions and those decisions are 
how do I figure out how to spend the money to continue to grow the business through these direct channels? How do I spend the money to be able to grow an audience so I have share a voice and people care about me? And how do I spend the money so people understand this category matters? Because that's three things yeah. are not, like there's overlap, but but they are also distinct. Like you can actually spend a lot of money just on helping people understand why the category matters and not do anything on audience and not really do anything on distribution. Yeah, you can if you're stupid, but you can you can do more than one things. I think you're I think you're pointing out like good guardrails for everybody, but I think I think once you're at 10 million dollars, like you you got to try to win the game. You've got product market fit. You got to try to win the game. All right, producer Darren, who who won who won the final round? Well, Kieran, you were scaring me a little bit there with your AI <laughs> sci-fi, you know, media team thing there. I was getting a bit Terminator on me there. Uh, terminating your role? <laughs> You'll always need producers, yeah. Darren. We'll always oh, yeah, need producers. Yeah. AI producers. <laughs> <laughs> but so I would say for a million, if I'm going to spend a million bucks, I want to win the category. Woo! We've gone 2-2. Two, two. We've gone 2-2, two, two, <laughs> although one of them is because I was in jail. So Yeah. All right. That's what I'm talking about. 2-2. Two, two. What about a lightning round? $10 million, 30-second pitch. Oh, yeah. Darren coming with a hard $10 million, 30-second pitch. Oh, oh. 30-second, well, this is like a real test. How do I come up with a 30-second pitch to spend $10 million in under uh, a couple of seconds? Darren, 30-second pitch. Oh, you go, you go. Oh, all right, you let's go. do it. I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. You ready? All right. You're going to spend $10 million on your marketing. What you're going to do is you are going to acquire all the audience you possibly can in your market. You're going to go roll up YouTube channels, podcasts. You are going to own the biggest sphere of influence in your market. Most markets, you can probably do that for $10 million. That is what you're going to do. You are going to be the one-stop shop for information, inspiration, and influence in your market, and you are going to win. Okay, $10 million. You're a PLG business. I am going to hire a company to make my product extensible. What does that mean? It means I'm going to do all the meaningful integrations. It means I'm going to turn it into templates. It means that I'm going to turn it to anything I can to create front doors back into my product and be synonymous with that use case wherever you are trying to do that use case within other tools, within other ecosystems, or through singular <laughs> templates. And by doing that, I am going to create a meaningful business, a meaningful flywheel, and then I'm going to layer on Kemp's media, and I'm going to rule the world. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> that was the most boring $10 million pitch ever. You just rolled up the entire of the internet. Are you serious? You rolled up the internet. You're just like, basically, we're going to roll up the internet. <laughs> I rolled up the creators. I rolled up the creators in a niche B2B category. And you know, as well as I do, you can do that for 10 million bucks. But I'm on the hook to create revenue now. I need to create revenue every single minute of every single day. Mm -hmm. Repeatable. Yeah, yeah, you're just mad because I took okay. your idea. Darn. Darren, who wins? Who who wins the final I'm round? I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with Kip there. Oh come on! Just because you're in media, <laughs> yes, PLG, yes. I am, I am the champion of 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 the budget battle. I'm the champion of the budget battle. Uh, I would I will I will be expecting my championship belt to arrive within the next few weeks, um, and I look forward to wearing it on a future episode. Could have done we should have done this for the um, loser has to eat the other person's oh, yeah. weird oh, food. That would have been good. We'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll do one of the, we'll do one of those soon when I'm when I no longer have COVID and can actually eat again. But in seriousness, for everybody to listen to the pod, we covered a lot of ground today. We talked about 
how you grow at all different types of budgets. We'd love to hear your questions, feedbacks. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to be basking in being a champion. <laughs> I'm going to be making fun of Kieran for being a loser. And we will, we will see you all very soon on the next episode of Marking Against the Grain. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.